Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 930 in 716. Nine politician-led briefings later, and the windstorm has passed. And the best way to be safe is to use common sense. It's common sense. Exactly. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 and 716, and it's time now for my press conference. I'd like to thank everyone for coming, and I'd especially like to thank everyone at WBEN for doing their job and going beyond the call and working extra hours and getting all the information out to our listeners, our followers, and the community in general. Seriously, though, it does sound silly, right? And I'm not exaggerating here. From Saturday at 2 p.m. and then through Monday at 4 p.m., there were no fewer than nine briefings held by politicians to offer their takes on the windstorm and its impact. Now, in case you're keeping score, Governor Cuomo, two. Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul, two. Erie County Executive Mark Polinkars, two. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown, two. Deputy County Executive Maria White, one. I was at that one. It was brief, but to the point. And yes, some of the information disseminated during the briefings, of course, is indeed helpful. Where were the outages? What roads were closed? Where were the bans? That's all useful stuff. It's good. But there was a lot more of this than that. So if you have shopping to do, today is the day to do it. If you have to bring in outside furniture, things around the yard, today is the day to do it. If you have flashlights and you should have flashlights, you should know where they are. They should have batteries should be in them at this point. Uh, it's going to get dark fairly soon. You want to make sure to check all perishable foods such as leftovers, dairy products, meats or poultry. Um, make sure that it, uh, it doesn't smell funky. If it uh, smells bad, it probably is bad. I want to remind people not to touch or move any down line. And my personal favorite. If you approach an intersection with a street light that is not functioning properly, you must treat it as a four-way stop. Uh, when you uh, approach an intersection uh, where you have the traffic signal that is out or malfunctioning, uh, again, it should be treated as a four-way stop. And I'll spare you from the warning to not fire up that gas-operated generator in the middle of your living room. And in case you were thinking of heading down to Erie Basin Marina in the 75-mile-an-hour wind Sunday in February, they had that covered, too. Buffalo's Erie Basin Marina, LaSalle Park, and Bird Island Pier remain closed. We're told these public officials plan for this stuff, and I'm pretty certain they do. But what gets lost when the you-know-what starts to hit the fan is the actual end goal, and that is to offer useful, helpful, and timely information, right? And I'd argue having competing briefings at the same time by two or three separate agencies defeats the purpose. Having three briefings within 90 minutes of one another defeats the purpose. Unless, of course, the purpose 
isn't what we think it is. Ding. When I communicated my advice from a media perspective to the county executive staff that some thought should be given to merge all these briefings into periodic succinct and meaningful updates, I was told the idea had merit. Then they scheduled the next individual briefing. I suggested it also to the lieutenant governor's staff when they scheduled a briefing at the exact time as the county briefing, twice. And I was told it was just too late to make that change. All right, off my soapbox on all of that. And there is this. When we asked in a poll who was most effective during the storm, the overwhelming response was the utility companies. They had no press conferences, by the way. But Governor Cuomo had his eye on the utilities threatening action as they're governed by the State Public Service Commission. I've also told the utility companies that uh, the, the question now is not how they provide service when the sun is shining. That's easy. The question for utility companies now is how do you respond to these storms? And these storms now are nothing new, right? We've gone through this for several years. And we expect the utility companies to be staffed and proficient and ready to respond to these significant storms on a timely basis. They are regulated by the State Public Service Commission. We have fined them in the past and we have threatened to revoke their license in the past. So uh, I don't want them to take that um, casually. We did, we did nothing different. Um, we drill for this. We plan for this. That's Ken Kajawa with National Grid. He told us they didn't do anything differently this time around. And Governor Cuomo said... The power companies this time, I think it's fair to say, did a better job. We hammered it as soon as the event started uh, occurring on Sunday afternoon. And we had crews out in the field. Kajawa wrapped up National Grid's take on the windstorm and the response for WBEN Tuesday morning. The challenge was at times, you know, customers may not see the numbers go down, um, but we would restore one customer or one feeder, I should say, a feeder, and bring up a bunch of customers, and then another feeder would go out. And you, at times, you felt like you were a, a gerbil running on the wheel, and you weren't making any progress. But in reality, we were making good progress. Um, and then once the winds died down, uh, it made things significantly easier for us, and then we were able to put a big dent in the numbers. Do you know, Ken, if there were a lot of damaged poles from this storm, or was it mostly downed wires? How, how did it play out? Yeah, I think the last count that I uh, received last night was we had close to 100 broken poles across western New York, and that covers 11 counties. Um, so we had about 100 broken poles. I, I don't have an exact number on the, on the service calls and wires down, but it was in the hundreds. Um, and again, you know, we give credit to all of our crews. You know, they're out there working in difficult conditions, and, you know, both our crews and everybody that came in from out of town did really good work. But again, we're, we're not finished yet. We're not claiming victory. Um, we know we have customers that are still out and, you know, have been out since Sunday. We want to get them back in as quickly as possible. You know, people were uh, maybe surprised in some cases that, that n- those numbers were able to come down so quickly. Maybe they're wondering, did you do anything differently with this storm than you have in the past? We did, we did nothing different. Um, we drill for this. We plan for this. We have an emergency response, response plan that's filed with the Public Service Commission that lays out exactly how we re, uh, respond to a storm, and we executed the plan. Um, in the case of this particular storm, uh, we knew about 
last Wednesday that the weather forecasts were lining up for something pretty severe to hit western New York. And so at that point, we started mobilizing. Uh, we started reaching out uh, through the North Atlantic Mutual Assistance Group, which are all the utilities in the Northeast, and we put out a call to them asking for assistance. We brought in contractor crews, and then what we did was we had those crews come into western New York on Saturday and Sunday morning so that they were here, staged in the area, so that when the storm hit, we could respond as quickly as possible. And then on top of that, we staged materials at strategic locations throughout western New York so that we could get poles, wire, transformers, anything that we needed out into the field as quickly as possible so that, again, it can enhance our restoration uh, process. You're probably going to do a full assessment, but overall, would you say that things went well with this storm? Yeah, I I think, again, we're not there yet, but I I think we feel pretty good about um, how things went. Um, Having the advance notice um, allowed us to plan, and we executed our plan. There's always lessons to be learned. Uh, We'll sit down. We actually have a tabletop storm drill planned for March 13th where we sit down with uh, the counties, uh, emergency managers, and we work through an event just like we experienced, and we talk through it. We make sure that the coordination is there so that when an event like this happens, everyone knows exactly what to expect from each other, and it allows us to work together very closely and then, again, result in getting customers back in uh, power as quickly as possible. So I'll see you at the next Storm Briefing. Of course, that's after I decide which one to attend. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.